a low Googleization nation. Welcome to Better Leaders, Better Workplaces, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Vivian Blaine. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Vivian's episodes, we'll cover the latest trends and emerging practices around creating resilient workplaces. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome back to GGG Unleashed, Better Leaders, Better Workplaces. I'm Vivian Blade, President and CEO of Experts in Growth Leadership Consulting, and a recognized leadership and resilience thought leader. On this podcast, Better Leaders, Better Workplaces, you'll get the latest insights and proven strategies to help you solve the pressing turnover, burnout, and workplace culture challenges your company is struggling with right now. So if you're a business or HR leader, you don't want to miss an episode. I've been bringing your attention to important strategic areas that need to be front and center for you. Organizations continue to struggle with employee engagement and retention. According to a study by Corn Ferry on the Future of Work 2023, 24% of professionals in the U.S. and U.K. think it will be normal to work for an employer for no more than two years. While we're not going back to 20, 30, or even 10-year careers with one company, turnover at two years comes at a significant cost. What can you do about it? This quote from LinkedIn's 2022 Global Talent Trends Report is great guidance. For companies to attract retain, and grow the talent that will bring them sustained success, they need to fine-tune or overhaul their culture to meet the expectations of professionals to be seen as human beings first. I can't wait for you to hear from my guests in this and next month's episode. Michelle Koch, Senior Vice President and Chief Culture and People Development Officer at Republic Bank. Michelle is going to let us in on the future of work trends impacting their organization and how they're addressing them. She'll share strategies they're using to grow positive leaders, as well as best practices to enhance culture and employee life cycle experience. In part two of our interview, she'll have some specific tips for business and HR leaders on how to approach this work. Let's get to the interview. Hello, Michelle. I can't wait to hear more about you, your background with the work that you're doing around culture transformation and organizations and all that you have to share with us today about what you're doing with Republic Bank. Let me hear a little bit from you about your role as Chief Culture and People Development Officer and how your journey has taken you to this point in your career. I had a varied career prior to earning my MBA at Cornell University. And after that, I really was drawn to the area of HR and culture and worked across quite a number of industries in consulting, nonprofits, automotive, telecom, healthcare, and I'm now working in the banking industry. I had the opportunity to live overseas for about six years, worked for a couple large global organizations, and all this varied HR experience across 
pretty much all aspects of HR really helped prepare me for my current role as a member of the executive team at Republic Bank. I currently oversee such areas as company culture and always that's defined, engagement, leadership and associate development, mentorship, instilling and amplifying our values, inclusion, diversity, equity, and belonging, and so forth. And really, regardless of the geography, industry, or the organizational size, we all share many of the same cultural challenges and opportunities. That's really fascinating. And it's interesting, really, all the different areas of the organization that you touch under a culture. Of course, we know culture permeates, right, everything we are and every corner of our organization. So that's great. And that all of that experience has lent itself to really where you are are, and the fascinating work that you're doing right now. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the trends that you're seeing related to the future of work. We know the dynamic environment that we're in and how are you seeing employee expectations really shifting? There are so many trends going on. It seems like everything is very dynamic out there now. But I'll talk to two of them that I really think are non-negotiables for employees today. One is around corporate citizenship, and another is around workplace flexibility. So when I think about corporate citizenship, we really want to be part of organizations that are making a positive impact in the community. And the people working there individually want to make sure they are personally having a positive impact as well. So they're drawn to companies that give back to the community in both financial and non-financial ways, cultures that really support volunteerism, organizations that champion DEI efforts, both within the organization as well as well beyond the walls of the company. And they want to make sure that the organization is instilling a sense of belonging in the organization as well as advocacy and education for the marginalized populations in this world. The whole ESG movement's important, so environment gets in there as well as the social side. And on the workplace flexibility front, Republic Bank, like so many companies, that one weekend in mid-March of 2020, we all went home for what we thought was going to be about two weeks. That was different. We had to really pivot quickly and employees grew to really like having that flexibility in the remote work arrangements. And many of them across industries are still trying to figure out how they can work in that way going forward. Meanwhile, companies are starting to bring people back to the office, but when they bring them back, they need to ensure they still allow for some level of flexibility. At Republic Bank, we have a fairly even split between individuals who are fully remote, fully in the office, or in a hybrid capacity. And it often depends on the department in which they work, as well as some of the individual preferences. We have seen that some individuals have changed roles so that they could be in a department that is in the office or fully remote, depending on their preferences. And This has really helped embolden people to feel like, yeah, talent travels and we can have some internal mobility, which is wonderful and maybe Mm -hmm. something they hadn't really thought of previously. 
it's also important for managers to think about how they need to lead differently. So in days past, they might have just connected with people by walking around. Well, they might have one or two people in the office and the rest of the team are remote. So they have to have more intentionality around their connections. It can't be out of sight, out of mind. Trust is really paramount. And when relationships start to break apart because people aren't as connected, then the trust starts to wane as well. And what a lot of companies started doing is bringing people back because they thought, okay, we're going to be more productive if we're in the office, but then the individuals, because of the hybrid work or some people in office some days, some not, they would come into the office and sit at their computers and be on virtual meetings the whole time. So you have to really think creatively of how the corporate culture, the environment is going to support and make it a positive to be coming back into the office. That's interesting because so many of those issues we're experiencing across the board. And I think you all are a great role model, actually, on both of those fronts. I know that you are intentionally doing a lot of work around both of those areas. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about what you're doing. I attended the Impact Awards, Emmy Awards for the Metro United Way uh, here in the, the Louisville region this morning. And Republic Bank was one of the award winners for what you are doing to give back. So that whole corporate responsibility, corporate citizenship piece, you all don't just talk about it, you're recognized for it. And I know that somebody who works on your team is actually the chair of the board for Metro United Way. So that's really important. I think there are tremendous expectations around that. And then the workplace flexibility piece is something that many, many organizations are struggling with. I know I had a recent conversation with another VP of, of culture who, you know, they're still trying to figure that out, you know, and, and was asking me about, well, what are you seeing? What are people doing? What are some of the solutions that are working? And it's still a journey for us based on where we are around this. It really is. Mm -hmm. And it will be for some time. Mm -hmm. It will. And I, thought, I don't think there's a one size fit all because of that. So, well, tell me more about two or three of the most impactful strategies that you have been working on to enhance the employee experience in light of where the business and the talent trends are headed, as you just talked about. Well, I think, as I mentioned about the intentionality around connection, we have put more effort into improving the connection across a distributed workforce. So we have operations based in Louisville, but we operate in five states. We have nationwide footprint of some of our products, but we actually have business operations in five states, including Tampa, St. Pete area in Florida, Nashville, and Cincinnati. And with that distributed workforce, we really wanted to focus on improving the communication and collaboration between departments. So we currently now have a recent development creating a cross-departmental communications council where we have representatives from different departments who come together and really talk about the challenges they're facing in communicating and connecting and look for opportunities and solutions to make that better. We have our executive town halls, videos, we have expectations of all 
uh, managers to have a frequent one-on-one -on -one with their individuals and have career discussions. Some of that was happening, but it was kind of hit or miss, but now it, it's a have to because keeping those connections going is so critical. And the one-on-one -on -one isn't just tell me how you're doing on project X. It's actually connecting with the individuals to find out how they're doing and what their passions are and what opportunities they might seek to develop and that kind of thing. And then we have really ramped up our manager and leadership development as well. Additionally, we've really leaned into our work in our business resource groups or our BRGs, and we're really investing in creating a more inclusive culture that will better serve our associates, but also the clients and community organizations where we operate. We have regular listening sessions, these BRGs do with our senior leaders to build awareness and to drive change. And some of the examples of things that have come out of these listening sessions, we have a transgender inclusive policy we now have non-gendered bathrooms in our workspaces. We embraced the celebration of Juneteenth before it was federally mandated to do so. We have uh, Spanish language products and services. We have a caregivers business resource group that was incredibly helpful as we were navigating the pandemic. And they also help us focus some energy around mental health as well. Wow, yes, and mental health is so important right now. But it sounds like, wow, you all really have a nice collection of strategies and initiatives that are helping you in this space. And I love the way that you are really bringing the employees into the solutions mm -hmm. and bringing them into owning and, and feeling like it looks like they're a part of everything that, that you're doing. It's not top down, but it's together. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's so critical for the engagement of the associates because one, if you've got experiences that reside among people that aren't in leadership, that is a key strategy to bring them in so that the so leaders can understand better what others are challenged with and, mm -hmm. and better serve. Yeah, and you can only do that when you're having the conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like the way you are exploring more about what is important for each employee in the one-on-ones and how you are really coaching leaders to do that. Yes. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of the strategies that you all are working on. And I'm sure within that, there have been some challenges and some lessons learned in all of that. What would some of those things be? Interesting. I wouldn't say we faced enormous challenges or struggles or anything, but I would say some of the challenges are helping people understand why change is needed when things are going very well. Yeah. So one example I think about is when I first got to the organization and I'm part of the staffing committee, so when we bring in individuals for senior level roles. We have discussions about those individuals and their capabilities and ensure they have the good interview experience and so forth. And a senior executive came in once and said, well, this is someone I knew for a really long time. He went to my private boys high school and he is now at the same country club as me 
And so therefore I feel really confident in his abilities. And so it's falling in the trap of that like me idea. Mm -hmm. So now these same individuals, once their understanding was broadened about what we're trying to do in the organization, no longer believe that just because someone is like them, that necessarily makes them the best candidate. So they have been very strong advocates to ensure we always have a diverse set of candidates coming into our roles for consideration and that we're always going to be looking for the most qualified and not necessarily the person that seems like them. So that's been, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a a struggle, but it was a needed change. So then I also mentioned earlier, we had individuals in other markets who felt very plateaued career-wise. If they did not want to stay in a sales bank type role and they wanted to shift in their career, there were very limited opportunities for them in the markets. But since we've recognized through the pandemic that we had opportunities for people to take on new work and that some of the work could be conducted very effectively remotely, we have people in our outer markets who are just as engaged in some of the back office functions that we would have never had housed out of Louisville in prior years. Mm. And that helps retention. Absolutely. The expectations for employees today is that you're also investing in me and you care about me and my career. And therefore, I'm sure you're discovering a lot of what your employees are interested in through those one-on-ones that leaders are having so that you can really connect people to opportunities throughout the organization. And we have some talent discussions that now include people from other markets. I think previously it was, you know, we're in our global bubble and maybe someone can move from one building to another, but now we have the ability to really think about that much more broadly. So it's great for the company and great for the individuals because they have true career path opportunities. Yeah. That's excellent. The other thing I heard you say was really among leaders, it's been some awareness building, Mm -hmm. an openness and a willingness to be open to different ideas and different ways of doing things, being a learning organization as a result of that, and people becoming advocates for for this work and for this culture shift. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we have among our members of our executive team, they serve as executive sponsors for our business resource groups. And in many cases, they do not identify of the BRG that they are the exec sponsor of, and they are the biggest champions mm-hmm. in raising the voices of these individuals. Wonderful. That is that is wonderful work. And I know that so many organizations, as they try to navigate how to transition, how to transform, how to shift their organizational culture, hearing some of the lessons learned along the way, opportunities Mm -hmm. that you've walked through will be very helpful for them. Tell us what's the best way for people to connect and get in touch with you. Probably through LinkedIn. Um, I'm out there and anyone is welcome to connect with me through that platform. As you reflect on all that Michelle has shared with us so far, I want you to think about the strategies you're using around culture and employee experience today. Are your employees true partners in defining and driving culture change? What's working well for you? Are there new ideas Michelle shared that you'd like to try? 
Watch for my posts on LinkedIn where we can engage around these questions. I'd love to get your input. And join us for part two of my conversation with Michelle in the next episode. You'll pick up some best practices for growing positive leaders, and she'll have some specific tips for leading culture transformation in your organization. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with Michelle and check out some of the resources she recommends, you'll find that information in the show notes. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning how to develop better leaders and better workplaces. We'll be back next month with Vivian for another episode. But until then, you can access some of Vivian's resources by visiting her website, vivianplay.com. And remember, don't let the shift hit your plans.